Hello everyone, I am Marcibel and this is the Marcibel Podcast. podcast um it's a podcast about culture cultural nomads designed for blacks and asians and those who love them it's me your host musibo nigerian born u.s educated korean speaking struggling intellectual and today i have um a friend with me a friend in in so many ways his name is kelechi udochuku onoha and he's from Omaya in Abia State, formerly Imo, Nigeria. And um, he's the middle child of five and the first son of his parents. He grew up in the northern part of Nigeria, which I just figured out today. I didn't know that about him. Precisely in Niger and Kaduna State till he was 10. And he spent most of his nursery and elementary school phase there. He moved to Ibadan and then to Lagos, where he did his secondary school phase. And when he moved to Lagos, that was where I actually met him. He started um, as a pharmacy student at Unilag, where I was, for about a year. And then he moved to Canada to study biochemistry. Now he works in the energy sector as a chemist and is also pursuing an MBA. He's not married yet. He doesn't have kids yet. So ladies, feel free to hop on that train. <laughs> he loves playing and watching basketball. And I can say that like, he really does love basketball. If you follow him on Facebook, you probably see all that about him. And while well, he's rooting for the Houston Rockets, go figures. And in the winters, he enjoys ice skating. He loves to travel as well. And he hopes to be in Australia next year to complete the major continent store. So he's been to almost all the continents except Australia. Have you been to Antarctica as well? I wish. <laughs> so you haven't been to all of the continents then except that one. Well, that's why it's except Antarctica, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. And he's try, he tries to read quite often and his favorite author is John Grisham so far. And his favorite book is Richest Man in Babylon. So everyone join me in welcoming Kelechi to the podcast. He also lives in Canada, which is... Okay, we set up already, yeah. Anyways, hi, Kelechi. <laughs> oh, hi, 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 Mo. How are you? Good. Top of the day to you over there from the maple syrup land. So how's Canada? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Canada is okay. The maple syrup land is okay. Okay, and I have to say, well, good job pronouncing my middle name, by the way, because not too many people get to even, a lot of people avoid trying to pronounce my middle name, so good me? job. I have to give you, I have to give you an A for that now. How hard is that? You, oh, wow, you even, you, how are even, there's evil people because I'm evil, right? There's evil people that don't even know how to pronounce it oh, really? as well as you, as you. You pronounce it, yeah. I grew up a lot of evils. If I tell you, if I tell you the the kind of songs I used to listen to, Oliver the Cook, hey, like the, the, I don't know how I just missed the opportunity to really learn evil, but I grew up with a lot of evils, and I grew up with so many of the evil foods as well. That's great, comfortable, and I I can, I think to a degree, pronounce some a lot of evil names very well. But anyways, yeah. so what part of Canada do you live in? That's a very good question. Well, right now I live in Alberta. Uh, this is oil sands land, and this is where I work, and this is where I live, and this is where I also go to school. So, yeah, and it's pretty cold, as you would guess. Yeah, I so. have. See, I've been to Canada once, and it was sometime in the summer. I was in um, 
Montreal. So uh, oh, I, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. This was 2014 in um, June. I spent about 10 days in Canada. Stayed in Montreal for a while. You mean you came to Canada and you couldn't stop by and say hi? You were living in Alberta and then we we're just Facebook friends. We just kind of broke wow. that, that awkwardness between, you know, long friends when when you, wow. when we talked earlier this year. But you know, it's just kind of those things where I don't know. I don't even remember you were in Canada then because sometimes I forget about you. <laughs> Contrary to what you might think. Right. I, make, I make it sound like it's an hour, uh, it's an hour, an hour away yeah. by road, but it's actually about four hours uh, if you, if you That's a flew. Lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I flew, I flew from, I can't remember. I was living in Texas then. But anyways, you right. moved around quite a lot. And I didn't know this about you. So you grew up in the north and then you moved to Baden and then why did you move? Was it your parents' job? Was it mom's or dad's oh. job? Ding, ding, ding. You got that right. Absolutely. It was uh, my, my dad, especially my dad's job. Um, so my dad worked at the brewery and, and well, so they basically posted him wherever. And almost, yeah, they basically posted him to almost all the regions, right? So hence, hence the moving around. What was it like for you? Can you speak a bit of your back? Can you speak house as well? Uh, no, unfortunately. It, now, the ironic thing is that I actually picked up Yoruba in the north. And well, for those who know Nigeria, like the northern part of Nigeria wow. is predominantly house and land, right? How? But <laughs> it, it just so it weirdly it happened that way because, well, first of all, all our neighbors, and I mean all our neighbors, well, at least the, the closest neighbors were Yoruba for some reason. And then uh, in school, uh, most of my friends too were Yoruba. In, for some reason and I, I think a lot of it had to do with the, the religion thing too yeah because in the north it's, it's predominantly Muslims right so I, you won't find me going to the mosque because I'm not Muslim yeah. you find me going to church and who do you have in church you, very often the non-Hausa people mm -hmm. right so a lot of all those things played a role into not being able to speak the language yeah. unfortunately so I picked up a lot of actually I would say I picked up about 70% of my Yoruba in the north strange weird strange yes very but weird. It's, it's fast very weird I know right. so you yeah. but my mom speaks so. so go ahead your mom what my mom speaks the language she speaks Hausa oh nice nice yeah, but I didn't pick it up, unfortunately. So you moved to Lagos and we met. So you left pharmacy school after the first year. It didn't seem like that. It seemed like you, you moved away in our third year or so. Yeah, I know it seems that way, but in it was more like a year and a half. Um, yeah, because we just moved to, to Loop, actually. We moved to the teaching, uh, teaching hospital. And then I did the one semester, I think. Yeah. And then I, I left. It wasn't that long. I, I actually thought it was two years, but it wasn't two years. It was exactly about a year and a half. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it seems like Canada is probably the longest you stayed in a place, correct? Well, you're absolutely right on that. Uh, it, it almost seems like my life, just like I said, or like you, you found out, my life seems to be segmented, right? Like, it seems like almost every 10 years I make a major move, right? Yeah. So, do the math, I'm a little over 30 right now, so I think I'm due for my next... <laughs> I, think, I think I'm due for my next move, so who knows, right? So, um, but yeah, I've done a lot of moving around. Been in Canada for about 12 years now, 12 going on 13 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Wow. And if I were to go somewhere else, quite frankly, I think I would want to go back to Africa. It, like, 
very very frankly I think I want to go back to Africa it's not very it doesn't sound like the most logical or the most realistic thing but I think I would like to go there why not um you know it's it's the comfort zone thing and I think there's a reason I'm still here and the reason I'm still here is just because I guess I'm just comfortable right now and it's not really I really don't like the idea of being too comfortable because then you get too comfortable you get complacent a lot of things you you your creative juices won't right. really flow as well yeah. you know so um uh, we'll see as uh, opportunities show up or wherever opportunity takes me then I'll, I'll, I'll i think i'll go plus it also depends on status too right if yeah. you have family uh, how easy would it be for, for, for one to move with family and stuff, right? So. Yeah. Um, so moving to Canada, what would you say was one of the hardest adjustments you had to make? And this is coming, this is going to be coming from you, someone who has moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very good question. And I think the hardest thing would have to be being away from family. Oh, did you move your family to Canada? That's a good question too, because I did and I didn't. I did in the sense that my siblings, a couple of my siblings joined me. Uh, we actually went to the same school at some point. Yeah. But uh, uh, for like a year and a half or so, I was all by myself. So that was, that was, that was tough. Like not being with family was tough. Uh, it's funny I would say that because I was in boarding school even in Nigeria and all. So I, I, I guess I should be used to that kind of stuff. But that wasn't the case. Like I was all the way across the ocean basically yeah. in a different land, and not too many people looked like me. Unfortunately, if you know what I mean, right? Mm. So it was very very different. I remember my first Christmas, it was not the most pleasant experience because there was no family to sing carols with or to oh, no just enjoy the festivities. With. No bangers. Exactly. There was no bangers. Like the Nigerians would know exactly oh, what we're talking listen, about. Bangers means firework, by the way. Not the other kind of yeah. bangers. <laughs> so, yeah, all that stuff was missing. So it was... Um, so that was the biggest thing for me, actually. That was the biggest adjustment. Language wasn't really that much of a problem. Uh, the culture was also a big thing. Not knowing what to expect from from an entirely different culture, if you may. Because one thing I figured was what, whatever I saw in the movies was quite different than, than real life. The cultural differences were so quite remarkable as well. But I have to say, besides family, it would be the cultural differences. And, yeah. Oh, good. Um, so for you now, if I were to ask you this question, I, I'm kind of curious as to what your answer would be. What would you say is your definition of home now? Uh, I'm going to be um, very. What, my definition of home. Yeah. Like they say, home is where the heart is, all right? Yeah. And I want to stick with that for some reason. I hate to say, no offense to the Canadians or to Canada, it's a great land. Uh, my definition of home would really be home, like where I'm from. My, my home country, Nigeria, will be home. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Uh, just because I, I realized that that's the one place that that really owned me. <laughs> so that's home to me, really. Um, I, I, I find there are aspects of my life where I, I, I try to conform. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say conforming is a bad thing, but yeah. uh, it's almost as though I'm trying to fit into a place that's not necessarily or that's not really for me. Yeah. 
it's provided lots of great opportunities, no doubt. But uh, I would say home is definitely home, where where I was born, where I grew up. I spent at least eighteen years of my life in Nigeria, so that's definitely home uh, to me. If you ask me this question, the funny thing is, if you ask me this question maybe four years ago, I'd have given you a different answer. Different answer, different answer to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Another thing I wanted to bring up, which is kind of going off on a, a different tangent here would be religion and you and I we've had you know that talk about it and just a little bit of a context here you know how you have friends on Facebook where you kind of it seems like you know know them but you probably haven't like talked to each other in a while you know that was <laughs> and then sometime in, in January he bought me and it was actually a phone it was like a video I'm like why is Kilichi calling me? Like, did they like mistakenly dial me? So I remember, of course, rejecting the call and then following up with a message like, hey, did you mean to call you? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to just say hi. I'm like, oh, okay. So we talked, I think, for almost like two hours. I remember it was like, yes, yeah. like, yeah. And we didn't agree on what we talked about, which one thing I want to say here is that sometimes you have friends where you don't you don't agree on some things together you don't you don't have the same opinions about some very major issues I just want to say it's okay to have friends like that in fact the more friends you Absolutely. have that you don't really agree with they kind of help you shaping your own core beliefs because after speaking with you I started thinking about what I believed in and it wasn't more like a doubtful thing it was just more like reaffirming my choices and things that I believed in. So I just want to say, it's not everybody you disagree with that you should cast off as enemies. We still don't agree on so many issues, which I will talk about and it will make sense. But it's okay <laughs> to have conversations with people you don't necessarily agree with. At least be civil. Don't, you know, throw out names. Don't, you know, use bad words and things like that. But you can also... No insults. No insults. But don't argue. Yeah. Don't attack the person. Don't attack the personality. Attack the ideas. Or maybe in a way, have conversations around your ideas. And also ask your Absolutely. own self, why do you believe that way? Like, why do you hold those thoughts dearly compared to the other person that's also making their point? So this was what Absolutely. our conversation was about. Um, I think Kalish is, co- is currently going through this phase in his life where he's, I wouldn't call him an, he's more like an agnostic person. I wouldn't say atheist, <laughs> but he's, yeah, exactly. um, he's questioning a lot. It's questioning a lot. And I did tell you this, but I want to say this to the audience. I have been through that phase in my life and I wrote about it on my blog Um two years ago but the experience happened in 2014 where I stopped you know I, 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 if you had asked me then a year Christian I'd have said no um, I stopped going to church I didn't think religion was um, in it for me and mine was born out of um, a personal crisis and I didn't think you know God was there for me I didn't think the church was ready to contain the grief I had and I so I stopped going to church for a while I, I in fact I, I just went off by myself and in, in those times I had many questions and I think mine came from a place of pain and you know of course I was also angry angry as well but um not everyone's experience is that way but i can imagine that if i'd met somebody that i told that to and they had looked at me like who are you like how dare you leave christianity i probably wouldn't be back by now but i had a lot of people that supported me and even when the questions that i thought were very hard to ask other christians of course i did have some christians that looked at me like because they didn't know how to answer but i had people that were very warm and open and you know they weren't understanding initially but when they kind of got the sense that okay there's something going on with this person let's give her time i think it made it all the better and that was the intention you know of bringing this up kilichi i don't know what precipitated your your switch from having that label as a christian or your personal I don't know what your personal life was with Christ but now you're in that place where you've stepped aside from the church and you're trying to see things differently I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea in fact sometimes I feel like we need to step out from 
some of these things to have a better appreciation in your in your case i hope it's going to be a return with a fuller grasp and understanding of your faith because that was what it did for me i had that chiral by effect of christianity from my parents and growing up in nigeria where you were either christian or muslim or nothing else and then moving to the u.s where it was so secular and so many things happened to me personally and it was just easy for me to cast myself as a non-religious person but i've since come a long way since then but it came from me being you know let's just let it go like you know what i'm done with christianity i don't want to be called a christian anymore but i I was just wondering like what would you say precipitated your move away from the church well mine wasn't from me um Oh, by the way, I hope I hope my mom is not hearing this because you mentioned stuff about moving away from the church. My mom will kill me. But yeah, um, mine wasn't from me. Oh, let me let my, me ask the question. From... Let me react. Let me react the question. That's fair. That's fair. And I, for me, that's fair. I wasn't refuting that though. I was just saying that like, if my mom. Into trouble, your mom. What if she... No, no, I'm not going to get into trouble oh, okay. because my mom knows I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions, right? Okay. But, uh, so. Um, but yeah, mine wasn't coming from a place of pain or the grief or disappointment. Mm-hmm. It just came from a place of, uh, should I say, curiosity. Curiosity was was the the, the name of the game. Well, I, I've always grown up as a Christian. Yeah. I was born a Christian. I was bred a Christian. I was budded a Christian. I was everything a Christian, right? <laughs> but I um I had questions. I really did have questions. Just like a lot of people have questions. Yeah. I had questions. And I was, should I say, maybe too afraid to really. Uh, what you call it engender those questions I was really afraid to 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 really poke at questions I was uh, I thought I would be uh, cast out I thought people would look at me crazy I thought people would think like that right but I I had so many experiences and I've had the miraculous and the absurd it it was just a lot of the stories that I was told especially from the Bible Um, and their validity I know a lot of people won't question that but my own approach on it for why not why not question the validity of these things and the more I started to look uh, it, it, the, the more I told a different story to me. As I grew um, older, I found that the more I read it, the less it made sense in a way, like the, especially in a literal perspective. And that's where the problem lies, in my opinion. The literal aspect of it is, is really the killer. Now, uh, we can even go to the book of Genesis, for example, or... Noah's Noah's Ark, right? Yeah, Noah's Ark is in the book of Genesis. Stuff like that. And I question some of all these stories. And I'm just like, well, how can it be? How can it be? Now, I get a couple of answers talking about, well, is it difficult to believe in the miraculous? And I understand that. But at the same time, I'm like, the things that happened back then are not happening today. Why is that so? And the question I ask is, could it be that this was a metaphor in a way or a story that has some significance all right but not in the literal sense and the more i started to see from a non-literal perspective the better sense it made for me and just like you said too we we need some of these questions we need to ask some of these things to kind of reaffirm our faith to know what we really believe in yeah otherwise we will be 
just like robots. Yeah, you, you know, you get programmed. Which is what yeah, you, you're religious. You, you, which is what what Jesus, you know, came from. And I mean, I 100%, well, not 100%, but I agree with your point. And I think yeah. for us, you shouldn't also discount the fact that the Christianity you had in Nigeria was not ideal. It's born from a cultural standpoint, you know, where having to go to church every Sunday was something you had to yeah. do because your parents did that. And yeah. people like me, where you were born into a Christian home, you really had no say in choosing what you wanted to do. Now, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, you know, having that foundation didn't help me in life. Like it's it, being born in that kind of home really helped me. But I felt like there were yeah. so many opportunities where they could have insisted on you finding Christ yourself. But in other areas, I felt like it was more of a corporate, you know, Christianity, where if you bought into the insurance policy, you were protected, but you didn't have to ask questions. And when you leave, when you step outside Nigeria, where, you know, to me, that's like a religious bubble right there. You step outside yeah. in a place where if someone calls you in the morning, they won't say, God bless you, or if you sneeze, you know. <laughs> Religion wasn't a thing here. Like, and that was one of the culture shocks I had in the U.S. Cause, and you start realizing that that blanket you had that comfort blanket you had from nigeria like about religion and you know how things should just work if you if you pray the certain way and you do some certain yeah. rights and you come here yeah. that is like taken away from you and you're just left naked in the cold to me yeah. that really rattled it's i started seeing that cracks in the wall way before i had my personal crisis of faith but we were, we're very wrong when we think that people cannot ask questions no i think there's so many opportunities to ask questions about things we are very doubtful of and i think that's where our parents probably failed in that regard or even, you know, the religious institutions where you have to just take whatever the pastor said. What if I had questions about that? Like, why can't I ask questions about things that, you know, you guys are talking about? And without being seen as, oh, you're possessed or you're just a, being a rebellious person. So that's that. I don't think Christianity doesn't have that place for questions. Yeah. It does. It does have that place for questions. I had to step out from that mold. I had to have yeah. that personal crisis for me to see that. And now I appreciate yeah. it better. And I don't always have the answers to that. An analogy I gave on my blog was this. As a researcher, I, for example, I work with Lupa patients right and yeah. One time I had to spend like almost months, you know, studying the literature, trying to identify gaps. And the more I studied, the more I realized there was so much to learn just on this one disease condition. I couldn't even mm -hmm. grasp my tiny head around it. How much more do I think I'm going to be able to understand the whole concept of God? You know, so Christianity allows for questions, but I think cultural influences and that, you know, cultural fear that don't ask, don't question authority has made yeah. it seem like we cannot ask questions. No. Yeah. No, so that's one. And then two, your your analogy of it being you know more metaphorical than you know um, actual. That I can't really say so much. So I don't have enough information to make to give a judicious answer to that. But it yeah. does make sense because some things that you know, like some parables that were given in the Bible, but it didn't really happen that you know something miraculous did happen. And yeah, like I said, I'm not a theological person, and yeah. I just you know I still have a lot of questions that I that I converse with God during my quiet time. What I'm trying to say is that I think it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have that doubt. It's okay to step outside and ask yourself, why do I believe in this thing? Absolutely. The big challenge to me now is, especially as Christians, and I'm not bashing Christianity or anything. I'm more bashing religion than anything. And I'm talking about Islam, everything yeah. else. It's not just a Christianity thing. Now, the thing is, there's no religion that will tell you uh, we're not from God. Everyone will tell you this is from God. Everyone, yeah. every single yeah. one will tell you this is from God kind of deal. So the challenge now for me, especially, and I can only operate on the Christianity uh, plane because that's that's what I was bred you know. in. Yeah. That's what I know. Yeah. And the, the challenge now is, especially something like the Bible is, this may sound blasphemous now, is the Bible really 
the word of God? Or is it an account of people saying it is the word of God? Now, that's a challenge for me, right? Because there's, there are too many inconsistencies and it tells uh, two different sides of things. You see a couple of things that sound absolutely ridiculous and then you see some things that sound absolutely righteous and you're like, well, hmm, did God really say a lot of all these things? Or uh, men, just like you and me, trying to justify their actions over history and claiming God, right? So that's the challenge for me. That's the that's a big challenge. A lot of the challenge isn't even coming from the New Testament. It's coming from the Old Testament. Yeah. And if you really think about it, um, it, the inconsistencies, which cannot be ignored in my opinion, are there. What does that do to the authenticity of the of the entire message, right? So that's that's where the problem lies for me uh, as a Christian. Now. Outside of Christianity is uh, what I see, especially with religion, is a lot of uh, segregation and segmentation. So everyone belongs to this particular group, and because I'm in this particular group, even though it's not explicitly said, it's usually implied that well, you are the chosen ones; they are the outsiders, kind of deal, right? I know the message inside may, may preach, oh, you have to love, and you have to love, but, but we can look around in the world, you can see religion in itself is one of the major causes of uh, disharmony amongst human beings, right? So it, it really is, is, again, it's not really bashing Christianity in itself, it's more religion in, as, as a thing, as an entity, right? And how it drives us farther apart than, than uh, bringing us uh, together. So that's where I have lots of lots of lots of issues uh, with religion. As a Christian, it's the only thing to do, the right thing for me to do is to question some of these things and to take the outside looking in approach. A lot of people don't like it. Uh, it took a lot of boldness for me to do that, honestly. But I, I decided to go into into it and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm enjoying it. I am absolutely enjoying it, right? So it's made a difference in my life personally. I think I'm a better person now than I was when I was religious, quote unquote, right? So. Yeah, I should also say this that Jesus is come to die for us for us to be religious now are there imperfect religious people in the world of course they are yeah. you know of course there are people that use religion to do a lot of horrible damage and all that in the world yeah. like we, we struggle more when we try to be religious because we are focusing on the law and about love which is what christ is really really about Absolutely. And, and i'm gonna affirm it again it's like religion has done a lot to divide us because we focus on religion and why to me Christianity makes sense is the concept of grace itself the concept of you know Christ dying on the cross itself Christianity about the religion that said no it's been done it's a choice for you to walk in there and, and do it and I feel like the confusion rises when we try to make it seem as if we have to do all of these things to get to God absolutely but like I didn't know all of this until I had to step away and I realized that I was frustrated more because I thought I couldn't ask those questions like I was grieving back and mm -hmm. to me the people I talked to they just you know oh, well you know what you know just pray about it and and I was like are you kidding me like so superficial very superficial and you know of course that pushed me away further and in that state I, I tried to keep it to myself because I was so mad I was I was mad I was angry I'm not one that will go on Facebook and start pouring all of my anti-religious spew out there so I wanted yeah. to contain it because one thing I, I believe in is if you have a truth that you hold firmly to try to test it 
because you might not be right about it. You might not be right about it. So what if you mislead people and you've one way? Absolutely. So I kept questioning stuff. Absolutely. And that's a challenge to people that are listening too, right? Find find your own truth, basically. Well, the reason I say that is for people to actually go out there to go look and yeah. find the truth find the truth for themselves, right? Actually even throws uh, into question uh, the, the people teaching these things, if you know what I mean, right? So what are we really being taught? Are we being taught truth or are we being taught fallacies or are we being taught fantasy, if you know what I mean, right? So it, it really does a lot. It really, really does a lot for someone like me, for example, right? Because if you asked me a couple of years ago, I'd have told you the exact same story, but then I went and I looked into it and all that stuff and it, it didn't add up, right? So are you, are you just assuming that for you to understand the Bible, you have to be taught the Bible? Because now I want to find out the Bible for myself. Absolutely. Um, I'm not saying that, no. Um, but but what's the case? That's that's the case. We, we we really are being taught, and we usually go with what we're being taught, right? Like if you ask me, one plus one is two, and will always be two. Well, yeah, you can see it evidentially and all that, but uh, it, it'll be it'll be weird to actually find out tomorrow that one plus one is actually three, and then people will start rolling their heads, and people will start killing other people, saying, "How dare you say that? One plus one is two, right?" And it's just because that's what we know and that's what we've been taught and we've been shown even some evidence and all that stuff but what if there is more compelling evidence that comes out tomorrow does that mean that the more um, compelling evidence is wrong for example um, I'm just saying I'm just using that as an example right yeah so. yeah the Bible for me it stayed consistently the same now there might be different interpretations to it but yeah going to Bible study and Bible school when I was younger helped me lay the foundation for the Bible but now I read the Bible myself mm-hmm. and you you best believe that there are some chapters that I probably thought I, I knew what it sound, what it what it meant yeah. but the more I read it and the Holy Spirit feeding life into it yeah. it takes a different deeper meaning for me and that is born out of my relationship with God it wasn't something my pastor told me about absolutely you, know, so you might Go ahead, you go ahead. Sorry, you go ahead. Oh, so you might you might want to discount like what people have told us but that's why I said it's always good to, for you to find it out by yourself yeah. and that was why I think I look back at my crisis of faith and it became a better thing for me because I became a better Christian for that I have to go back to my Bible I have to have an understanding of it but it came from me you know seeking that out myself so that's a challenge to people that, that's why I see you now I don't think of you like oh what a someone that has you know backslid you know let's watch out for that one no. what's it saying that you're not going to bounce from this and then use it for something big in the future like I said uh, like a 50% chance of you still coming back but coming back stronger that's the point right and the point is really to find out truth for yourself like truth like i tell people joke to people and i'm like well there's one of two ways that it's going to end either i probably even end up being a preacher or end up you know just being like nothing right and it's a joke yeah. but um the thing is but there's a lot of truth to it in in my opinion now the one of the the more um meaningful sermons i actually had in church was someone that had almost the same experience as yeah. as i'm having right now and uh the person said stuff about being in in this phase per se and doubting and questioning and everything and his approach and his idea his sermon basically for that day was you know what just go out there and find your truth and that to me i think is probably the most significant most everything sermon i've I've heard in my life to date and the reason is he wasn't selling a product he was not selling a product he wasn't saying well you must do no he says yeah i've been there 
but I want you to find out for yourself, right? And that made so much meaning to me. So, and I cherish it. And I, I, that even gave me more encouragement because I, I guess I was kind of timid or afraid, you know, about actually venturing into something this quote unquote blasphemous, right? So, um, but it's, it's fun. It's been fun. I enjoy it. I appreciate everything. And I like talking to people yeah. like you, honestly speaking. I like talking to everyone. And I just throw a question here and throw a question there. I still go to church, by the way, believe it or not. I do. And I go for Bible study because it's interactive. I do because yeah. that's where you can ask questions. And I do ask questions. Matter of fact, I think they know me at church now as the question asker because I'm always asking questions, good. right? Whenever I'm and helping those people that don't even feel bold enough to ask questions because they don't want to be labeled somebody. So absolutely. They love good in the world. Absolutely. A couple of people actually even met me afterwards and says, well, you know, I'd like that you ask a question, for example, right? So I see that and and it, I, I guess there's more meaning this way. So I, the, the whole point is I'm just, I guess I got sick of, of being a robot. Um, okay. One of my favorite um, authors that really helped me get back my faith was C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you know about him. For me, because I was going through a lot of pain in my life. It was physical. It was it was mental. It was, you know, it was just all kinds of pain. And there was a book he wrote about um, the problem of pain and also grief. Like he lost his wife to cancer. And... Um, the way he talked about Christianity and pain and grief, by the way, I recommend that book to anybody that has, you know, you've ever lost anything in your life where you're going through a personal grief and you're wondering whether the church has a role to play in that or whether what the Bible has to say about grieving. And to me, the way he spelled it out, even though this book was written many years ago, it really made sense. Like he helped me overcome, you know, my doubt. And it wasn't just like a, like a Shazam moment, like, wow, it's gone. But it, it built me up back to where I needed to be. And also to that effect, C.S. Lewis is somebody that we know now that there was time he had that personal crisis of faith. But yeah. he's, he's written a lot of books about the struggles of just, you know, being Christian. In summary, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to question your beliefs. It's okay to test them and, and see if they stand. And if they don't stand, it's not necessarily because of the dogma they were built on. It could be something you need to address in your life. And that's why I don't I don't count you off. I actually do enjoy having conversation with you because it reminds me of when I was grasping and trying to find meaning in, in into what Christianity meant to me even though we have different reasons why we had we're having those questions to ask but the core of it is i stepped away from that bubble before i could you know get a better appreciation and now my faith means a lot to me more because it's born out of a place of struggle it's born out of a place of revelation that was personal to me and that's something that no pastor or any religious leader can give to me you yeah. know so anyway, that's that. Thanks for sharing that story, and I still look forward to having, you know, more arguments, cheeky and, and friendly arguments. <laughs> and, uh, try to keep this podcast civil a little bit. Yeah, so I've been having these conversations uh, with people, so so it doesn't come as a surprise. Like, so they actually really know where I am, and it's not like I hate them or anything like that. It's just I. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I I know I have questions. I know a lot of people probably even think I'm crazy and all that stuff. I know I accept that. I really do. Um, but I'm just yeah, I do. I accept it, right? Right? Like, and I tell people I know, right? I'm crazy, right? I know, and I do know that. So, and I want to be that way. Uh, so, and I just want to let people know. So, and I just really hope that 
they're not offended on a personal level, right? Because it's not personal, it really isn't. It's not. So, it's not. But I also have to remember, when you ask those kind of uncomfortable questions that people aren't ready to answer, might see you as a threat. And that was why for me, I didn't see you as someone that was threatening to me because yeah. I had gone through that. When I heard from you, I was just like, oh, okay, no, let's talk about this. Of course I want to talk about it because I have gone through yeah. that. I think it's yeah. now to go to go to the Mardi Gras section of the podcast. Kilich is not going to rap, by the way. He's, <laughs> he's, he's trying not to rap about his day, even though I asked him to. So, Kilich, you're a world traveler. Where's your next stop and why? My next stop? She, well, first of all, you call me a world traveler. I like I like the sound of that. But, uh, yeah, my next stop will have to be Australia. Why? Uh, why would my next that, stop be Australia? Because that's it's... Many, that's what I can kill you in Australia. That's what they say, and I know there's lots of, like, reptiles and stuff, snakes, big the spiders flora, and The fauna, the fauna, yes. and then the, and the plants and things like that. More reasons for me to go there. Um, but the, the, the main reason is um, I, I've been fortunate enough to uh, visit the major continents, with the exception of Antarctica. Yeah. So I guess, with uh, and Australia, so I'm... I'm the next place will have to be Australia, which is habitable by man. And um, <laughs> actually, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to go to Australia next year, and I'm definitely jumping on that opportunity. Traveling for me has been fantastic. I only started traveling recently in the last couple of years, and it's also opened my eyes to to the world and to how different people live their lives. Basically, uh, I, I find that I've, I've been in a bubble of sorts, even though. Nigeria is quite a different atmosphere and you come to North America, you come to Canada, the U.S., or whatever, it's also a different bubble in itself in the sense that even though you can find people from different cultures around here, everyone tends to like try to blend in, right? And then you step out and you go to different places now with people of the one type of culture that's totally different than what you get in North America or you get in Nigeria for example and mm-hmm. it's totally unique and it's eye opening and you absorb it you absorb the culture you absorb the weather you absorb uh, things the food and it's uh, it's amazing so I would like to go to Australia uh, and that would mean that I've been to all the major continents in, in the world. And that, that's something, in my opinion, that's uh, quite remarkable. So I, I look forward to it and I look forward to learning as well. So, um, yeah. and it's funny how, especially in North America, while, while we're having our winters, like it's, it's summer over there, right? So it's yeah. a, a totally different experience. Like to think about it, it's, it just shows how wonderful the world is or how wonderful the creator really is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, and I, that's one of the things I enjoy traveling uh, for because it just really opens your eyes to how how much that there is, so much so much beauty in this world. Even though even though there's a lot of pain, all, all right, but then yeah, it, there's also a lot. Yes, there's also a lot of, of beauty. There's a lot of uh, mystique. There's a lot of wonderful things to experience, right? So absolutely, Australia. 
before you travel to Australia, I don't know if I should say this before you travel or after you travel. Um, one of my favorite authors, by the way, is Neil Bryson. He's is an English American. Well, maybe American English, but he yeah. writes about travels. You should read about his book on Australia. It's called In a Sunburned Country. Oh my goodness! Like <laughs> after reading that book, I decided, okay, I'll have to go to Australia, and then I also decided I don't think I want to go to Australia. By the way, when he wrote this book, it was probably a long, long time ago before the Australia we know now, because a lot of things have changed. But there's a way he just presents the realities of Australia, like the people, the nice people, but also the things that can kill you there. And so I really, really recommend that book to you. And of course, he has the British humor and then the Americanness to it. So it's a very balanced perspective that oh, I like. All right, that's cool. That sounds that sounds good. The British humor and the American. American too, right? Yeah, American yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's American, but he lived in the UK for a while. He wrote for um, a big, I forgot the paper. He wrote for a paper in, in England for a while, and then he moved back to the to the US. But his books just cracked me up. He has a way of writing about historical things that just makes you want to sit down and listen. And, and also, he entertains you, but he also being, you know, enriched as well. So I've read a lot of his books. I can't even count how many times. But that book on Australia, in a sunburn country, that's a mean, like, you know. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, even on Amazon. <laughs> you should, you should totally. I, I highly recommend his books. It's written about um, the English language, how it became that way. Home is also a book that I really like. Like after reading that book, you don't look at your house the same way. He gives you the history of how the house, the modern house as we know it, mm-hmm. how you know it was built in, like the bathtub and the doors and the concept of the windows. And I mean, he's really, really deep and and entertaining. I mean, history can be really boring when told, depending on who tells it to you. Yeah. Your has a of telling you history that makes you just want to read more and more and i've read i've read his book many times i can't even count how many of his books i've read Oh, wow, okay. Anyway, so we were kind of rounding off, we're getting to the tail end of the discussion. We've talked a lot about stuff. You moving all around Nigeria and then now finding yourself in Canada. Yeah. And then the switch you've made. So, what's any final thoughts? I have to say, well, it's a pleasure being on the podcast, on your podcast. And this is the first uh-huh. podcast, and it's, an, it's, an, it's a huge honor. Um, but we, I, it's very simple. We need more friends like Mo. We need more friends like you. And you add value to my life, and I really appreciate it. I really do. Oh really? Um, oh my goodness! I'm so I'm so embarrassed right now. That nice I like and, and, I really do. and um, <laughs> yeah, just keep up the good work. And before I leave, for the basketball fans out there, I just have to say, go Rockets! I think I think this is a special <laughs> year for the Rockets. You had to throw that in, huh? I had to. I had to. But thank you so much though, for having me on here. I really appreciate it. So really one of the things you put on your bio was your single. So um. Is this, is this safe to say we could use this platform to find you the missus or the mister? <laughs> sure. I, well, <laughs> I don't know if that's such a great answer right now, but why not? I'll say sure. <laughs> so sure. for those that might want to connect with you, because I'm going to put that cute picture of you on my, on my blog. For those that might want to connect with you, like how can they get in touch with you? Well, I'm not a social media person. I guess yeah. Facebook is probably going to be as good as it gets. Can they send you a can I send you a post through the Royan Canadian mail? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. And seal the, the envelope with uh, maple syrup, please. Yes. Yeah, yeah, with maple yes. syrup. Yes. All right. All right. Well, um it's really, really been an honor to talk to you. 
like I told you before, I like how you're asking questions and I don't want you to be bruised by this process you are on because I think it's something each and every one of us needs to experience, at least to understand why we believe what we believe or even hold our faith firmly. Uh, so I really want to keep encouraging you. Don't stop asking questions. And I do pray and hope that whatever it is that you're finding at the end of this, it wouldn't like scar you. You'll still keep being that Kelechi that we've always known and loved and that you will grow in this process. My hope, I, and I think I'm going to put a bet on it, is you're going to come back stronger and you know I'm better yeah that's the whole point to come back better and stronger <laughs> well this has been the podcast Kelechi how do you feel now refresh oh really it's, uh, <laughs> it's it really is I, I feel like I feel like you should you should take this uh, mainstream really Oh, I have a full-time job <laughs> that I really, really love. I love my job. I don't know. I don't want this to get into the way of life. But let's see how it goes. I'm not complaining, though. Yeah, you never say never. They can help me. Never say never. Le- never say never. I'm just throwing out there, if you know a big shot producer that wants to take a chance on me, because I really need a lot of help, especially with editing the podcast. I don't like talking to people. That's one of the things I really enjoy, like talking with people that, you know, would not necessarily agree on things, but just having conversations with people. That's one of the things I love to do best. It's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. But the other parts of the podcast like editing kind of bugs me down so I do need help with that and if 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 the offer is on the table for someone to help me get that part of the way where I focus on talking of course I will, sh- I will jump on board with that <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah. thank you thank you thank you thank you so much also, this has been the Morcibo podcast thank you so much for listening do not forget to go on the website www.morcibo.com that is m-o-s-i-b-y-l.com and leave comments and also subscribe so you can get alerts once new episodes are uploaded I look forward to connecting with as many of you if you have any questions about this episode or you like to connect with Kelechi you can also um, find him on Facebook as Kelechi Onoha or just send me a message and I can if need be if you're really pretty enough for him I can send him away anyways (laughs) 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 thank you all and I hope to catch you guys on the next episode of the Marcible Podcast Welcome to existence Everyone's here Everyone's here Everybody's watching you now Everybody waits for you now What happens next? What happens next? I dare you Behind me now is the song Dare You To Love by one of my favorite rock bands, Switchfoot. And it's actually the fifth song on the album, Beautiful Let Down. And to me, this song is about finding the drive to move towards life if you're faced with obstacles. And in the context of today's podcast, if you find yourself going through a crisis of faith, it's a challenge for you to move and keep searching for those answers. And I hope it takes you back to the truth, which for me represented and still represents Jesus Christ. 